You are listening to the Magnetic Marketing Marketing Secret Gold Members Only Podcast. All right. So you know, those who know me, like one of my secret things I do all the time is I get people really, really excited and I tell them everything they need to know except for the thing they actually want to know. And then I like leave them on a cliffhanger and then I leave for a long time. Like I'll message Julie. I'm like, oh my gosh, we just forgot this thing. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. Boom. And I put my phone away. And then the rest of like the next day, she wants to kill me all night long. She's like, what is it? So this session I'm going through right now is actually what I did to Stephen Larson. So some of you guys saw Monday night, Stephen was in my office till like two in the morning on the floor mapping out all these different doodles and stuff like that. And there was one session seven that we didn't have time to do. And he went home and I did session seven. I'm like, dude, oh, freaking out, sending everything to him. And he's like, what is it? I was like, you'll find out at the event. And uh, <laughs> so that's why he's here today. He wants to find out what's going to happen. Anyway. It's fun. Uh, before we jump into this, though, I wanted to, um, I had a thought during lunch that I was like, oh, I'm, I'll do a disservice so I don't bring this back up. This is one of the things that definitely in the book we should have earlier because it's a big thing. But um, part of the, the reason why we talk about documenting the process um, is because uh, all the stuff you use in document the process later becomes your ads, okay? So for example, you see my team out here, you see uh, Blake back here hiding with the camera, like he's running around, getting pictures, getting videos, because in eight months from now, there's going to be an ad with me on stage like this, ah, in front of you guys, and then it'll be like a video from here, and that'll be an ad, right? And Brandon catch things in the, in the audience, and think, like all the stuff we're doing here, the reason why I'm doing this process live, also the other reasons we talked about, is because we're capturing all sorts of things that can all become ads for the book when it happens in eight or nine months from now, right? And so part of the documentation, the process is to also be able to have all those things that you can have later on. So as you're doing this stuff, as you're creating your things, like, man, document it. Like we, um, uh, Tuesday night, after we had doodled out all the doodles for every single thing, um, I went back home with my kids and from uh, five till nine, I played with my kids, put them to bed and they came back afterwards and Blake came in the office and spent two hours of me redoodling everything just to get B-roll of the doodling that happened in the thing. Because someday I'm going to use that for a video that's going to sell the book in the future right? And so it's like all about the, we always, we always joke, it's like all about the B-roll, like you're capturing these things because all that stuff is going to become assets you need as you're, as you're launching your products, you're scaling the things, all the stuff that's happening out there, right? Like imagine like, let's say you're about to be interviewed by Tony Robbins. You could just like do the interview, like I have this interview. Or what if like five minutes before the interview, you get on your phone and you start like, I'm freaking out, I'm about to, inter- I'm about to interview Tony, I'm, this is going to be the most amazing thing, this is why I'm nervous, why I'm scared, I'm excited, it's going to be so awesome, I can't wait, it's going to be awesome. All right guys, wish me luck, I'm going to go into it. And you record that, you capture it, right? And then three months later, when you decide to like make a front end funnel to someone to opt in to get your download, to download the video with Tony, what if that was your ad? How powerful is that, right? So capturing these things as you're doing it, because those things become such powerful things when you're in the moment of the creation of the thing, that is like some of the best time, best pieces and assets you can use for ads later. Because people can plug those things in. It's like they're seeing the excitement level when you're in the peak state of the creation, the excitement of the creation of the thing. Okay. So uh, just another thought for you. All right. With that said, we're going to jump into the final phase of this diagram. And then uh, after with, later today, I'm going to go through one cool thing. It's like, how do you take Dream 100 and you put it on steroids? How many of you guys want to learn about that? <laughs> so excited. Uh, we'll talk about that later today. But um, first, talk about this. So, <laughs> okay, this is Julie's life. Welcome to my world. Um, anyway, it's it's... I hope all you guys start doing that more often. It makes your lives way more interesting. It makes people around you like listen more. It's like, he's going to say something amazing. If you just tell everything, everything all the time to everybody, then they just like, they have the answer, right? 
in NLP, they talk about opening and closing loops. So I'm always opening loops so that I can close them later. And usually in the interim where I've opened a loop and I close the loop, I've opened a new loop. And that's why you guys are still here today. Because I'm opening, closing loops, opening, closing loops, and that you can't leave because your brain, our brains have this weird thing where we have to like close loops. We want them to be finished. Like it doesn't end. Um, like how many of you guys watched Lost, all like 8,000 seasons of it? And they're opening all these loops. You're like, ah! And then like, the finale is coming and they're going to close all loops. And it ended. And then the loops closed. And how many of you guys have a bad taste in your mouth because of Lost? You're like angry, right? Because it's just like, What? I don't know what happened. And um, it's that same thing except for you're opening and closing loops as you're pulling people up your value ladder. So then um, it just keeps happening. They keep coming towards you because you're doing that. So there you go. That's what's happening later on today. All right. Okay, the real quick recap. This is the stack recap. That could be a thing we just make up. All right. So the first thing we learned yesterday, we talked about the Dream 100, how we're finding the congregations of the people who have our dream customers, right? We're connecting into the Dream 100. We're figuring out. We're following them. We're watching them. We're subscribing. We're reading the podcast, the podcast, the blogs, like, so we can connect to them. So we understand number one, the mind of the leader. Number two, um, what's being told to the following. Right. Then after we do that, then we develop our own show, so we have a platform we can use to leverage Dream 100 to build relationships and those type of things. After that, we're going to the Dream 100 to figure out who are the people we can uh, buy our way in, who can we earn our way in, and we're going to be working to do both those things. We get those people coming these platforms and push them into front and funnels where we're washing them through this washing machine. They go through this front front and funnel. Hopefully we break even or make a profit on all the people coming through. Outside the backside of that, we get this this black box, the Actionetics black box that has all the data, right? Their pixel data, their emails, their, their, uh, their credit cards, their buyer information, their, sh- their text message, their email, their desktop push, like all their notification, all the data, all the stuff we have. Now we've got all this stuff. Now here's where we start the process of like actually making money. We actually grow uh, our business. We provide more value to them. And in exchange, they become more valuable back to us. So this session we're talking about are these follow-up funnels, okay? And I want to give credit where credit's due. Um, two years ago before Funnel Hacking Live, we were trying to think, like, what's a cool name for a presentation to start explaining this concept of, like, back-end email and text message and messenger sequences that are going to move people and send them up. And we were, like, sitting there trying to figure out a name, trying to figure out a name, figure out a name, figure out a name. And all of a sudden, Mr. Stephen Larson was like, I have an idea. What if we called these things follow-up funnels? And I was like, and then we all start this race to the computers to buy the domain before it's gone. Like, we got it. So that's where follow-up funnels came from. And, uh, and uh, that's what we call follow-up funnels. So there you go. There's the story about everything. Does it know you guys have a story about everything? Eventually. Anyway, all right. So follow-up funnels are the process. These are the funnels that take people. And you think about this. Um, funnels are like the process. I'm going to go from page one to page two to page three, right? Follow-up funnels is how we go from funnel one to funnel two to funnel three. It's the process we're moving somebody through the journey with, right? Okay. It's the communication funnels. So you're saying, is that emails, Russell? Like, yes. Is it text message, Russell? Yes. Is it, like, what is it? It's, it's all those pieces, all the communication pieces you're using to move them from a funnel to the next funnel to the next funnel, right? Moving them up the value ladder, sending them through the process. Okay. And so um, I'll be going through a bunch of different um, things in the process, but where I want to start is here. All right. So look how follow-up funnels kind of work. Um, 
And it's funny because I, I spent a whole bunch of time trying to figure out the easiest way to explain this and to diagram and map it out. I spent a couple hours in John's office brainstorming like, the way he does it because John's the one on our team who's, who's coordinating and, and, and figuring out this process. I'm trying to figure out how do, we, how do we take what we're doing but like make it into a process that's simple, that's streamlined and stuff like that. And after a while, we kind of came up with this process. So the first step in a follow-up, follow-up process, follow-up funnel, is this is like your ad level, right? So you got these ads here. This is your Facebook feed or your Instagram, whatever, right? And the first goal here is to get your audience to engage, right? They're sitting on the pot, scrolling through here. We're trying to get them to engage and stop and be like, what? Boom. Okay, so that's the first phase in the process. After we get them to engage, then we move them down to the second step of the funnel. This goes back similar to the seven steps of the funnel we talked about. Here we're trying to find out who are our subscribers. That's right, headline here. Email, if we have Messenger as well, and then they subscribe, right? So they come to this step here, and they're subscribing. And then from here, the next step then is our actual buyers. Oops, buyers. So they actually give us money, right? Um, okay, and then this is the first step of the process. And if you, look at, if you look at how you coordinate these, right? Like someone goes from funnel one to funnel two to funnel three, and I'm going to walk through that in, in like two diagrams from now. But this is the first funnel, right? They engage. They subscribe, they buy, and then the follow phone is now going to move them to the next step and keep moving through this, this, uh, this process, okay? This will make more sense as I kind of reveal the whole thing. All right, so this is the first phase of it, right? Now, as you move over, this is, this is the black box. So this is Actionetics MD. This is what Actionetics is for, for you guys. So I'll just write Actionetics MD. This is the black box, right? So this is the black box. So people are coming here, they see your ad, and then what's going to happen is if they, if, uh, if they engage with that, they look at it and they click on it and they move down to the next step, right? But if they don't click on the ad, then it's like, okay, what do we do? Like, how do we follow these people? What do we do, right? And so the first point of data, let me get the smaller markers for this part so I can, there's a point for smaller markers. It's for stuff like this, the fine details, right? So this first step, we have one thing that we're gathering. The first point of data that we're getting from people is retargeting, right? The pixel data. Triple to retarget with people, right? Now, if you look at like the timeline of how this works, retargeting, typically what's going to happen if someone sees this ad, there's a lot of different strategies. I'm not going to go deep into the strategies tonight, um, but we can brainstorm those. You can think through them. Like, for example, one thing, if someone sees your ad, uh, you can do it where they, if they don't watch it, like show it to them again, right? If they don't watch it, show it to them again. Or if they do engage and they watch so, a certain percentage of it, show them that ad again or show them the next ad. Or, it, there's a lot of if-thens you can kind of make up, okay? And I don't want to go through those right now. I'm going to give you guys a framework that you can start thinking through these on your own. But with retargeting, like, this is something like we can message them all the time, right? It's not just like, like once a week or once a month. It's like retargeting happens all the time. So if someone comes in here and they don't engage with us yet, I have this whole thing where they've seen the ad, I can start, I can start uh, engaging with them, right? And so these are representing days. So every day I can have a new ad, I can change things, I can move things, I can do whatever I want. But these are all each days as you're taking them through this, this process, right? So that's the first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, seventh day. So it might be like the first two days show them the same ad. As soon as they watch a certain percentage, they move to this ad, move, and you can kind of take them through this, this sequence, okay? But all we have so far, if they've just seen our ad, but they haven't like engaged with it, that's all we have. So we're targeting, trying to get them to actually engage. As soon as they actually engage, then boom, they move down to the next step of the follow-up funnel, right? Where now they come to the page. Now a couple things are going to happen, right? They hit this page. They may give us their email address, if they do, it's awesome. They jump down here. But if they don't, it's like, what, what tools do we have? Like, what we can start? Like, what data are we gathering? Now we can start progressing and moving them through the funnel, right? So you come back here. It's like, okay, with well, this step, um, we have retargeting now. So we got pixels from this step right here. 
So retargeting. If they opt in now, what we've grabbed at this stage, we've grabbed their email. And if they fit in Messenger, then we've gotten their Messenger. Right? So now we've got three things, right? And there could be more. Maybe you have a desktop push notification. Maybe like you could add other things. But let's say in this phase of the funnel now, at this point we've got one thing here. We've got three things. Retargeting, email, and Messenger, right? So they're this phase in the follow-up funnel. So this phase now, again, I can keep doing retargeting. And retargeting is awesome because I can just keep showing new ads every single day and keep, keep that process happening, right? So sequence lets me do as, as much or as often as I want. Okay. Then email... If I email every single day, it depends on your market, your business, your business model. But like most people probably don't email every single day, right? But maybe you email like three times a week, right? So the sequence, the, the pro, the, I'll show you in a second. The psychological sequence stays the same, but the frequency of message delivery is different, right? So email, maybe I can send one every three days I send out an email, okay? Okay, and then Messenger, if I get my Facebook Messenger... I don't know about you, but if someone messages me on Facebook Messenger every single day, it gets me super, super annoyed. There's something about the intimacy of that channel, like too often drives me crazy. Um, but I feel like once a week for me about is like this time where I don't feel like I'm too over aggressive and people aren't unsubscribing like crazy. So the message, the, the timing sequence is like, maybe they opt in, I got one message here and then maybe over here I got a message and maybe over here I got a message, right? So it's like, I've got, I've got, I've got some, but they're planned out, they're kind of further spaced out right here, right? Okay, so now we got this info over here. Um, now, a big percentage of people now have dropped through the funnel and they come down here to the next page, the landing page, and here we get the next level of data, right? So we still get the retargeting. We still get their email. We get their messenger. Now we start picking up some stuff, right? If they're giving us their credit card, maybe we're getting their, their cell phone. Maybe we're getting their, uh, to text them, right? Maybe we're getting a cell phone to call them. Number. Maybe we're getting their address. We can send something in the mail. Etc. 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 Right. We're gathering more bits of data every single piece, piece along the way. Right. Now this is the same thing. The frequency is different for every single channel that we're contacting people through. Right. You're probably not going to send text messages to somebody every single day if you have their cell phone number. Right. How many of you if you got a text message from me every single day might get a little bit annoyed? How many of you if I personally called you every single day do you get super annoyed? Right. So I'm pr- none of you guys be annoyed. <laughs> oh well, thank you. <laughs> Try it. Uh, how many guys, if my sales guy called you every single day, would be a little bit annoyed? Okay. All right. Sorry, Ravi. <laughs> Wherever you're at. Uh, all right. So again, frequency, like retargeting, I got as many as I can, as I can do, right? It doesn't shift down. Uh, email, maybe I'm doing every, one every three days or something like that. Text message, maybe it's like, or uh, face message, maybe once every seven days. Cell phone text, maybe I'm not going to do it immediately, but maybe um, I'm going to text them like once in the middle of the sequence. And I got phone number, maybe I'm going to call them, but I'm going to call them like over here, right? And they have address. Maybe I send something in the mail. I could do that, but I'm not going to do that every single day because it's expensive. Maybe I do that right uh, here in the process, right? So I'm looking at, I'm looking at the frequency of, of how, I, how I attack this, this problem, right? So every channel has its strengths and its weaknesses, right? Typically the channels like retargeting, no one gets pissed off if they see your ad every single day. Well, sometimes they do. I realize those people are like, if I see your face again, I'm going to kill you. Um, that happens way too often. Um, uh, Actually, it's funny. Where's Ethan at? So Ethan is awesome. We were in Kenya with him and his wife uh, uh, this summer and uh, super amazing people. And then we got back home and his wife is not so much into like our whole world. I guess she like went to one of my pages and clicked on something and it cracked me up because like a week later um, she posted the comment when the comments was like, Russell, ever since I got back from Kenya, I see you at every single, like my ads over and over. Can you please stop sending me ads? I was like, I'm so sorry. I already offended her that fast. Anyway, (laughs) hopefully she forgives me. Tell her I'm sorry. Um, 
But for the most part, that channel of like following people with ads doesn't get people annoyed, right? They're not like, it's not intimate. It's like, oh, I'm in my newsfeed anyway. I'm going to see you. There's Russell again. There's Russell again. It doesn't bother them, right? So you can increase the frequency. Okay, email's a little bit different. Like if I get, the, the, if I get emails every single day, maybe twice, I have some friends email two to three times a day. I have one friend that mails nine times a day. Nine times a day. But he's in the dating market. <laughs> this is what he told me. This is actually good insight for all of us, right? Like people buy stuff when they're in pain, right? So sometimes you have customers like, I emailed my list and they didn't buy it. It's like, they didn't buy because they weren't in pain right now. So my friend that emails nine times a day, he is in the dating market. And he says, if you look at like this, the, the lifespan of my, of my customer, who's a man who is trying to learn how to date girls, he's like, for most of their life, they have a girlfriend, right? And so they subscribe to my, to my uh, email newsletter because they want to hear me tell jokes and be funny and like all those kind of things, but they're not enough pain, right? He says, what happens is once or so every single year, something bad's going to happen. They get in a fight, they get in whatever. And he's like, I need to make sure that the second they get in a fight, the very first email they open, it mine's on top. Because at that point, they're in pain. They're going to buy something. And if mine's the first email, they're going to buy from me. So he justifies sending out 90 emails a day so that the second that person's broken up with, they will buy his thing instantly. And he's made a good business out of it, right? Um, I don't think that's realistic for most of us, but there you go. Um, but email is different intimacy level, right? So you have to kind of find what's your comfort level for you. You know, for me, it might be three times a week, something like that, okay? Messenger, again, like I said, it's different intimacy level. More than once a week, I feel really weird, uh, really weird. Um, Direct mail, phone calls, text messages, you're kind of thinking through those things, right? Like, what's the frequency of, of how you can kind of communicate with those things, right? Okay, that's the first phase in this process. Um, okay, I'm going to come back to this graphic, but I'm going to do something first and then come back because I need this to set context. Okay, the next thing I want to take you through is um, the ideal... Um, timeline of how you sell somebody something, okay? These will make more sense here in a second after I introduce both concepts, okay? So the first one, if you look at the, the follow-up timeline, basically like the emotional timeline. Okay, the first, the first way that I try to sell somebody, this is them, this is them kind of awkward, and this is like tears. They're crying, right? So my very first pass of trying to sell somebody something I spell it right? Emotion? Emotional, right? Okay. The very first time, I, if you come on my webinar, my very first pitch, my very first thing, if you're coming in and you're opting in, you're doing whatever, my very first um, way that I'm going to try to sell you is emotionally, right? Okay. People buy things emotionally, but they justify them logically, okay? So I try to get you to buy things emotionally because emotion is a bigger driver than, than logic, okay? So my first pass, the best case scenario of you guys signing up is to appeal to your emotion. That's why we tell stories. That's why we do things like that because it appeals to your emotion, right? If I can get you emotionally engaged in the thing, you're more likely to buy it. Okay. That's like, if I was to like, um, if I have one shot at like trying to like sell everyone, I'm going to use emotion every single time. It's the best thing, right? Okay. Now, if you look at, if you look at, um, all of your sequences, your follow-up funnel, start thinking about this, right? You do a webinar live. How many of you guys have done webinars live? You go to the webinar, you tell your stories, you do your thing, you're excited, and a whole bunch of people buy immediately, right? Those are all of your emotional people who are like so bought in emotionally, like, I'm in, I'm going to do it, okay? I'm curious, the Funnel Hacking Live, when I did the first presentation for this group, how many of you guys bought after my first initial presentation? Okay, so you're all my emotional buyers. We emotionally connected, and you're like, I'm in, and you ran back to the thing, Right? Okay? People buy live on the webinar. They're my emotional people who are buying initially first. Okay? So that's the first pass. That's the best thing you can possibly do. Okay? And you need to understand that like, people don't buy things logically, typically. Okay? What happens is they buy them emotionally and then they have to go back and justify them logically. Okay? They buy them emotionally and they justify them logically. Okay? So, um, 
For example, uh, let's say you go to the store and you buy a Ferrari and you sit in the Ferrari and you're like, oh my gosh, and then you fill the whole thing. And like for the men in the audience, you know what I'm talking about. You fill that and you're like, oh man, I would look so cool behind this. And you're like, okay, I'm going to buy it. And you buy it and you take home and you see your wife and you're like, why did you buy a Ferrari? Like, why would you do that? Like, oh, well, it gets really good gas mileage. It's got a uh, five-year bumper-to-bumper warranty. And you're trying to logically convince her, right? Like, that's what happens typically. Like, we buy things emotionally, and then we try to justify them logically, okay? But as soon as you understand that, people buy things emotionally. That's why story is so important. That's why in every single thing I've ever taught in, in all the different books, and everything I do is always story, 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 because this is your best shot at convincing someone and change them is through emotion. Like, that's, that's the first thing. It's the pitch, okay? It's doing emotion. Now, after the, after the emotional pitch is done, there's a group of people, typically afterwards, um, they emotionally, uh, maybe they wanted to, they didn't, but something kept them in the way. And usually it's like, it's the, the more logical thing is like the logic part of the brain is like, ah, but, 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 and they have all these like butts that are coming in, right? So then the second phase that we're migrating people to is after emotion, then we're moving them over here into logic. This is my attempt at drawing a graduation cap. Mm-mm. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, how's it look? Yeah. All right. This is called logic, or we call it in the seminar world, the repitch. Okay. So after the emotional thing, then the next day, and Myron used a lot of emotion as well because he's a very emotional man, but the second call, the repitch, is more focused on logic. Okay. You didn't buy, you're emotionally excited for some reason to buy. Let me explain this logically why you need to do this. Now we start coming back and we start appealing to logic. Okay. This is called the repitch. How many of you guys bought the last day of Funnel Hacking Live? Okay. The presentations were designed to appeal to your logic. Okay. First day I appealed to emotion. Got the first wave of buyers came through. Second day I appealed to logic and like, oh my gosh, you're right. If you notice like the verbiage I would use in some of that is like, logically, you just have to admit this makes sense. Logically, you know, the only way you're actually going to do this is to actually get your Funnel Live. Logically, you know that if you don't do something today and you go home, you're going to miss out on this opportunity. You're not going to have what you need to push yourself forward, Right. So we're just doing logical closes the second pass through. Does that make sense? Okay. So we lead with emotion. We then migrate second pass to logic. And then the last pass here, this is this dude, and he is now worried. This is called our urgency slash scarcity close. And this is based on takeaway. Takeaway sell. This is about to disappear, and you got to go now. This is people who are like emotionally so, logically so, but they're like, ah, something's keeping, keeping, keeping. You have to like, oh, shove them off the edge. Like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm in, right? That's the last thing. So we start with emotion, move to logic, and urgency and scarcity, okay? So every sequence we do, if you start looking at it from a higher level, you will start seeing this pattern happening, right? Somebody comes into my world into a funnel. My first pitch is an emotional pitch, okay? I'm going to do three or four or five things trying to emotionally convince you that this is the greatest thing in the world. Then after I've got all the low-hanging fruit, everyone's emotionally going to be closed, then I transition my messaging now to logical-based things. How can I logically convince them that this is the right vehicle for them? How can I logically explain to them that this is better than every other alternative they're using? How can I logically do this, right? So I'm going through the logicals. I'll get the next, uh, uh, the next group of people off the top from there. And then my last shot is like, you guys, I'm taking this away. It's disappearing. Like, urgency is scarce. So you got to do this. Like, now is the time. If you don't do it now, it's going to be gone forever. And we take it away. And that gets the last group of people through. And then it, it ends. Okay, so we use this in, in, in everything, right? Fun Hacking Live, you saw the process. I just explained it, okay? You see in our webinar, someone registered for a webinar, they get an emotional pitch. 
Okay. Then we push them to go watch the replay, which is another emotional pitch. Go watch the replay. Then I start logically trying to convince them that if they, uh, that they do it right. So they usually typically will give them the transcripts of the webinar because they want to read their logical thinkers. They want to see the thing. I give them, um, other testimony of those cases of people appealing to their logic. And then I take it away at the end. And that's when the rest of the cells come in, right? You see it there. You see in our book funnels. You see it in, um, everything we're doing. This is, this is the process. Okay. So it's happening over and over and over and over again. Okay. So now if we come back to this right here and I drop some circles this one right here let's see this is the emotional person who's crying this is the first phase of it we transition over here to the logical dude or lady and over here is the urgency and scarcity okay so in these sequences what I'm doing is I'm moving people from like Okay, my first set of retargeting ads are all appealing to emotion. What are the emotional ads I have that are going to convince this person? What are the emotional emails I have that are going to convince this person emotionally? What are the emotional uh, Facebook messages I can push them emotionally? Okay, then I move from there to the next phase. Like, okay, I've done everything I can emotionally to connect with these people. Now I'm transitioning to the logical side. What are the different pieces of content, the ads, the images, the proof, the things I have that will appeal to the logical side of their brain? What are those I can put in there? Okay, and I'm going to shift my retargeting to be focusing on logic. I'm going to shift my emails to be focusing on logic. My text message, my phone call could be a logical call, right? And then the last one is urgency and scarcity, and then the campaign ends. Okay, but that's the process of how we're migrating people through the process. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. I didn't even ask for that. Thank you. All right, so what I want you guys to do right now... Um, we're going to exercise this because I want you guys to start thinking, right? Like what, what do you guys have at each of those steps for the offer that you have that you've created, right? So what I want you to do is I want you to, um, to look at this and write, draw these three circles, emotion, logic, and urgency. And then down below, I want you to start making a list. Okay. What are all the different things here? What are the things here? What are the, what are the things you have at each of these steps that you can go back and you can create or that you have already your asset? What are the different, uh, uh, things you have? Okay. So for example, um, let's say, let's say it's, um, uh, let's say it's the book funnel, right? The traffic seekers book funnel. Okay. So emotionally, like what are the assets I have where I can create, they're connected to somebody emotionally make them want to buy this book. Okay. So I'm thinking about this event, like we've been gathering stories from you guys about your experience so far as the event. So I've been looking through all the footage, like, is there a story here that somebody told that emotionally is going to convince somebody they have to get this book? They have to get traffic seekers, that everything fit with struggling life until then. Like, is there something I have? Can I create something? What can I do to, to, to emotionally th- to create, the, uh, to convince them, right? I'm thinking like, is it, it could be an email, it could be a video, it could be a PDF, it could be a, it could be another webinar, it could be a video, it could be a million, it could be a podcast episode I did, it could be a podcast episode Gary Vaynerchuk did, it could be like, whatever I have emotionally is going to get somebody to believe that this is what they need to get to the next result they, they want, right? So I'm going to have you go through and listen to many things emotionally that you have that you could create to convince somebody to buy your thing, right? And then number two is coming back logically. What are all the logical things I have? Oh yeah, I had so-and-so who, uh, who bought from me who's very logical. I can make a video of him interviewing him about why he bought. He can logically explain why he bought, right? Who are your customers that bought here and bought here? Could you do interviews with them and find out why did you buy? What was it push you over? And then show that interview to somebody. Okay, think about um, the experience last night with Nick. Like it was amazing for me and for, I think for all of us, right? But did you notice that I had like eight video guys filming this whole thing? Everyone's running around capturing all the things. I guarantee every single one of you guys that somewhere in the funnel for this program coming next year, there will be a video, probably in the emotional pitch, that was a very emotional story, where Nick is telling his story on stage here about this whole experience. Okay? Like I guarantee there's no way I wouldn't use that because it's amazing, right? 
Good thing I've been documenting this journey. Good thing everything's happening because that's going to be a very powerful thing for someone who's like, I don't know if I should do it. I can't afford it. And also it's like, let me tell you my friend Nick's story. You're like, oh my gosh, I do need to do it, right? That's a very emotional close. And what's the logical closes, right? And then what are the urgency scarcity? So I want you to list as many assets as you can think of that you either have or you know that you could create for whatever your core offers right now that would be in the emotional, the logical, or the urgency and scarcity, okay? Let's spend three minutes doing this, one minute on each one, as many things you can think of what you do have or you could create, and uh, let's do that right now. Ready? Go. There's no love in the city. <laughs> Our history. 
Okay. How many of you guys got some ideas? Okay, I'm going to bring up my favorite John Parks in the whole world to come walk through stuff. Let's give John Parks a huge round of applause. Thank you. Okay. I am his favorite John Parks in the world, so, yeah. <laughs> I love John. All right. So, um... I'm going to go through all these different things, but I want John to start because he does all this stuff on my side. I don't even know how to run retarget out if I'm completely honest. And so I want to know, like, from your mindset, if, like, someone comes in, they, they land on this page to get the book, and then, uh, and then they don't follow up. Like, what would your retargeting sequence look like through, through this, this channel right here? Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's not always that all of them will go all the way, right? For example, like, and, and a lot of you, you know, media buyers and people who are doing it realize that, that there's a point of diminishing return to realize, like, Maybe just if they're engaging with your video, you know, and if, they don't, if you follow up with them so many times and they're not taking action, you don't have to, like, hit them for 90 days after they've engaged in your video and you're just not getting anything out of them, right? So you got to kind of realize, realize, like, how long your sequences need to be. But I would always try all three of these things, right? Maybe you don't try it for 30 days. Maybe you try it for six days, depending on the, on the level of it. The more sophisticated of a lead they become, you know, the, the farther down this, this track of maturity that they come with you, obviously, the longer you can talk to them, Right? So what are some cool things you can do on engagement? So they've engaged with you. They've, you know, they've engaged with your ads and um, they, they've watched a certain amount of them or they've liked or commented or all kinds of stuff like that. Um, for emotional, you can, uh, you can do testimonials. You can do case studies. You can do epiphany bridges. You can tell your own story. You can tell origin stories. Um, you can tell case studies. You can tell testimonials. Those are great here. Um, you do... Yeah, so let's say I'm in, I'm in the engagement phase, right? Retargeting for engagement. Um, so they've watched so much of your video, and your video was just this initial introduction to, to so the book So maybe video of me holding your book. I'm like, this yeah. is Russell. This is my new book. It's so awesome. Oh, you should all buy it. Click on the link down below. You are going to love this book. It's literally on fire. And then I'll light it on fire. Like, ah. And then, so that's the ad they just watched right there. Yeah, now so what? it's an awesome ad. It's a, it's, it's a pattern interrupt ad. It's a scroll stopper, right? It's a good disruptive ad. Like Russell was saying, it's not a, you know, it's, it's where you st- stood in front of them an interest an interest ad, and they're like, oh, bam, what's that, right? But they don't necessarily know why they should buy the book or if it's any good. But if the next thing after they watch that video and they don't buy because they're not your quick impulse buyers, and, but instead, like, the next day they see an ad that's like, this video, remember, the, or remember this book right here that Russell was offering? This book changed my life. Like, it, it changed my business. It changed my life. Now I can feed my family. You know, and you've got this awesome Nick-style video here on emotions, then all of a sudden that book now takes life and you, can, and you, you, you go and you buy it. So that would be a great, you know, great one on emotion. Then logic, well, for example, I might not know, um, I might, you know, feel the emotion, well, it worked for Nick, but is it going to work for me? I don't know. Does it work with real estate agents? Does it work with, well, I'm in the financial industry. I don't know if it works for me, right? So then the logic comes in and you start to like close some of those, those false beliefs, right? So it's more of a, you know, you can, you can do all kinds of false belief clothes, depending on your, your interest, you know, your, who you're targeting and what you're talking to and stuff like that. But you can start closing false beliefs. You can start talking about the benefits of the product itself. One video I had Russell do recently for .com Secrets and Expert Secrets um, was him just giving a walkthrough of the book. I'm mean, just open to the contents of the book, the, the what's that called, a content page or index or whatever? Yeah. Table of contents. Yeah, open to the table of contents and just read it to me. And then just tell me why you wrote it. Like, I wrote, chapter one is this, and this is why I wrote it, and this is what it's going to teach you about. Chapter two is this, this is what it's going to teach you about. Isn't that cool? Don't you want it? So that's more of a logic close, right? It's more of a like, okay, here's the content, 
Now you're going to know what you're going to get, so come and get it. Um, and these will, I mean, these kind of bleed through a lot of these. These, these will work in different scenarios. But for, uh, for an urgency, scarcity close, it could be that the offer is going away. It could actually be on the funnel, you know, like it, it's only open for five days or it's only through this weekend that you can buy this special offer off the webinar. You know, there's lots of different ways to be urgent, you know, be with urgency and scarcity. Um, there's also some fun things you can do that doesn't, don't really have to do with the offer. Like, for example... If I'm scrolling through Facebook and I've seen, you know, a burning book that Russell's got a book on fire and it's interesting, but I didn't buy. And then I see a story of how it changed someone's life, but I didn't take action on that. And I kind of see the content and I know that it's good, but I'm going to buy it later. Well, urgency and scarcity comes up and I might in the ad actually call out the fact like, you know what? You've seen this book and you've seen this offer for the last eight days. In two days, you're not going to see this ad anymore. Like I'm taking it down. In the sense of you're, you're, you're going to drop off my follow-up sequence, and you'll forget that the book even exists. So you need to buy it now before it's out, it's out of your view, right? Because you're not going to remember. And so I'll, I'll even call that out. Like for Funnel Hacking Live, I've got a secret sequence right now where I say that. It's like if you don't buy your tickets now, you're not going to buy your tickets, and you're going to lose your chance because you're going to forget about it, right? Because you're dropping off of my list. Or sometimes we'll actually, when people get to the end of a large sequence like this and they haven't taken action, why am I still fighting with that person? They obviously don't want me. So then I just threatened to put them in a naughty list, and then they just, <laughs> right? In our naughty list. Kind of a Tom Breeze thing. He, he had that concept. So you throw them into a list where it's like, I, you're, you're going like, to be blacklisted, basically, if you don't take action. So do you want to be there, right? Um, so you can call them out like that, too. With subscribers, so you got to just kind of think through like the actions they've taken with you. So they've given you their email or they joined Messenger or something like that. Um, and so you think about your funnel. Like, what have they consumed so far to get to this point? They've already watched my story on the product, you know, whatever it is, my, you know, whatever story you've given them already. And then where do they drop off? And so you think, well, what other emotional things can I throw in there? Um, can I throw in some more testimonials, some more case studies? Um, how else can I convince them? you know, or, or persuade them to, uh, to start taking action on it. So you, it's just kind of like the more sophisticated they get, kind of the longer you can run it and um, the different angles you can take. Yeah. Yeah, you spend less money on someone here than someone here versus someone that's here. Yeah. Keep going down because they're worth more. It's the whole action score. Right? They become more valuable to you. Mm-hmm. So you can spend more money to help, to help them as well. Totally. Very cool. And you can start cross-selling too, like, but that's another thing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the next step. Then it jumps off and it pushes into, yeah, we'll cool. get we'll that in a minute, so... Let's give John a round of applause. Is that good? Okay, so I'm just thinking about this in a couple different ways. Okay, the first thing is just like all of the assets you're creating, right? Um, like, as, again, you're documenting the journey partially because you're documenting the journey, partially because you're creating these assets you could use later. Okay, if you launch your funnel, you're like, okay, cool, how do, what, what should I use for images? You're like, I don't, crap. I wish I'd taken the images back when I was writing the book. That'd have been cool. I wish I'd done, and you have to go back and create. It's hard, right? But if you're documenting the process, like, oh my gosh, I have a camera roll. I remember taking a picture of myself every single day as I'm, as I'm doing my thing. And I got a whole bunch of pictures. You scroll back, you know, a month or two ago when you're creating the product. It's like, oh my gosh, here's like 30 pictures. It could be amazing ads. You can grab those things and start plugging them in, start building out the process here, right? And so that's, that's the ad level. Now, in a perfect world, we could blast everyone with every one of our messages every single day and just blanket them, right? Um, and you can do that more so with like retargeting, banner ads, things like that. But as you move to different medias, you can't do that as much, right? So with email, for example, I'm looking the same thing. I'm looking at here's all the different assets we have that we're using in retargeting. Now email, I, don't have, I can't hit them every day. Maybe I can hit three times. That, uh, like every third day I can hit them. So I'm looking through them. Okay, 
strategically thinking of all the assets I've created. I've got three. What are my three best or maybe my two best that I can focus that are emotional, right? Okay, because you've only got two shots at it. It's like, use your best two emotional ones. I'm looking at all my videos, my assets, my stories. I'm like, okay, these are the, of all the things I've created, these are the two that are the very, very best, right? So then in the sequence, I'm going to email out my first best shot, boom, right here. My second best shot here, boom, right here, right? And then I'm like, okay, that was my two best shots at emotion. Now I'm shifting to logic. What do I have of the two best logical assets I've created? They're going to convince them logically, right? Then email number two or three and four are my two shots at that, and then I got two shots at, at, um, at logic, or excuse me, at urgency scarcity. I do my two best creators like that, boom, boom, and then they drop off the end of it, right? So I'm going to say that in that situation, I have six emails that go out. Maybe it's three emails, depending on how you build out your sequence, okay? So that's the next piece. Now you move down to like messenger, like, okay, I can't message somebody every single day because they're going to be annoyed, but maybe I got one shot a week. So if I got one shot a week to hit these guys in this sequence, that means I got two, two shots. Like, what are going to be the best things they could possibly do? Maybe I have some kind of presentation I can pitch that's going to be emotional and logic, or maybe one that's just emotion and one, then one that's logic, urgency, and scarcity. But I got two shots. What are the two best conversion points that I'm going to have in that kind of sequence? Does that make sense? Okay. And it moves down here. Same thing. Like, if I'm going to have some cell phone, I got one shot at a cell phone. Like, of all the assets I've created, what's the one thing that five days and I could text them that might, that's going to get them over the line? I'm thinking through all the assets I've created. What could I create? What, what would that look like? And I plug that into the sequence, right? And same thing now, all these other pieces. Okay. So that's how we're starting to think through these things. It's like, you just have to create a whole bunch of stuff all the time as you're documenting this process. So that when you're doing it, you have all different pieces you need to be able to kind of lay out the, the process. Now, what's amazing is when I got started back on the internet back in the day, we didn't have retargeting. We didn't have messenger. We didn't have, mo- like, all we had was, like, email. So either they gave you an email or they didn't. That was it, right? That was the first 10 years of my business. And so we got really good. It's like, if someone comes, emails in, all right, take them through the process. How emotionally am I going to close them? How logically? How urgency and scarcity? And that, all we had was email, right? Now we've got all these other tools we can kind of layer it upon and keep layering thing after thing after thing. It gets more complex, obviously, but also way more effic- um, effective and way more efficient because you can, so many different ways to kind of close somebody, Right? And so those are things to start thinking through. If this seems overwhelming for any of you guys, which it might be, figure out like what's the channel you want to focus on the first. Maybe it's just email. Like, hey, let's write a really good email sequence and take them through this logical progression. And then from there, it's like, hey, let's add retargeting level. And, let's get, and you can start adding things into the, into the sequence as you go. That makes sense? Yeah. All right. Very, very cool. So that is the follow-up timeline, how those two things work together. Let me jump back on the images. As you can see this. All right. If you want to take a picture of that or whatever, there's kind of the... There's the picture of how this whole process works, okay? So as you're building out your funnels, that's the first step is like, okay, I have this funnel that's going out. This, let's choreograph this whole thing. And what this really is, is choreographing sales, right? Someone comes in this funnel, how am I choreographing the stuff to be able to, 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 to convert them? Um, I did a podcast a little while ago about marketing choreography. And you think about what we do, um, like all we're doing is choreography, Right? Like if you look at it that way, like this is marketing choreography. Like I got to choreograph this entire thing, right? Look at good dancers. They don't walk on the stage like, okay, let's learn how to dance. And they're jumping around. It's like, no, they have, they have their thing choreographed, right? Like we're going to go here and go here. And they have this whole thing choreographed. The same thing is true in marketing. We went and spoke at uh, Grant Cardone's 10X event. Um, anyone who was, who was here there at the 10X event? <laughs> that was fun, huh? 
Who's coming this year to the 35,000 person version? <laughs> okay, so it's insane. So I, it doesn't make any logical sense to me, but I had this amazing opportunity to go speak in front of 9,000 people. And so we sit down and say, okay, how do we choreograph this event to make the most amount of money possible from the process, right? Like this is a huge opportunity. I can walk and sit and be like, and sell something and walk off. Or I can like think through the choreography and really maximize this thing, right? And so we spent, I mean, Dave and I, we spent so much time choreographing everything. Like how do we get order forms in their hands? How do we get pens on their desk? How do we get them to be able to find the, the exits? Like, it was a huge process, and we spent a ton of money and effort to choreograph this thing, right? Um, and I remember we showed up, and uh, the first day happened, and it was amazing. You see Grant come from the ceiling, and this big, huge thing, yelling and screaming, and fireworks popping up, and it was like this amazing thing. And then I'm in my hotel room doing my slides, because I'm stressing out about it. And then that night, they opened up the doors for us, and we came in. We had, how many attempts did you bring? So Dave hired 40-something temps, and our team was there, and we had 9,000 bags with, oh, because initially we had these order forms with a pen in it, and we were going to put it on people's chairs, and we found out that chairs, like movie theater chairs, they pop up, so like the thing went order, so we had to go order bags and put the, the order form packets in the bags and putting the bags on the chairs, but we had 45-whatever um, people all f- going through the whole entire state and putting these bags in everyone's chairs, and uh, we were in there watching, and then three or four of my buddies who were also speaking show up, and they're like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we're um, putting order forms in everyone's chairs with pens because I figure in 9,000 people, no one's going to have a pen. And if I want to close a lot of people, I need to make this as simple as possible. He's like, you guys did all of that? It's like, yeah, dude, we're speaking in front of 9,000 people. Like, do you know the opportunity you have? And one of my buddies was like, dude, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And guess what happened? You guys have heard the story, right? Um, I closed more sales than all the other speakers combined. Woo! Yeah. The reason why is because of marketing choreography. That's what this is right here. We're just choreographing this thing, right? We have our dream customer coming into our world, and I'm dancing with them. Like, how do I choreograph this experience, right? They click on the ad. I got to choreograph. Where are they going first? What are they seeing? What's the next thing they're seeing? How am I taking them? What are the emails? What are the messages? And we're just choreographing this process with them. And if it works well, at the very end, they end up decide as a buyer, and now we can serve them, Right? So don't be like, oh my gosh, Russell, I don't know how to do like 20 uh, ads. Like, no, this is the fun part. This is the creative part. Like, this is courting. This is figuring out how to get this person and get them to believe you and trust you and like you enough that you can actually serve them and, and change their lives. Like, this should be the most exciting thing we do in their entire business, right? Is the choreography of this, okay? And you look at the difference, right? Just in the 10X stage, like someone who choreographed versus someone who didn't. Like, it's, it's not like a little difference. It's like, it's, it's more than everybody else combined, right? It makes you a category king. You get all the business. So um, it's worth doing. It's fun. Like have your team sit down and like, let's map this out. Let's choreograph this whole thing. What's the first ad going to be? The second ad, the third ad. We're moving them through this logical progression of emotion to logic to urgency and scarcity. And then we close it. Okay. All right. So that is, that is the, the first part of the follow-up funnels process. Um, all right. I'm going to move to step number two here. Step number two is what we call funnel stacking. So this is where, let's see. Oops, don't want to say it yet. Okay. So funnel stacking now is like this, this right here is just one funnel, right? We just kind of took you guys through. Like if somebody was to hit, hit one of these front end funnels, boom, they hit one of these things from the ad. Now we're, now we're choreographing the follow-up funnel. This can get them to actually end up buying and make us money, right? So after they've done that, now it's like, now they're in our world, now it's black box. Now we're using follow-up funnels now to send them from step one to step two to step three through our, through our value ladder, okay? So that's what the next set of, of follow-up funnels um, start doing. Okay, so I'm gonna walk you guys through 
my master scheme. How many of you want to see what we actually do behind the scenes? Okay. <laughs> Only three of you want to know. The rest of you guys can go outside. It'll be fine. But the three who are excited, okay. Um, all right. So a couple of things I'm going to set this up with. Um, one thing is it's funny because like the whole value ladder concept we developed in the Dotcom Seekers book, um, it, it's interesting like because I've been thinking about this for a long, long time. And it wasn't until about a year ago at one of our Inner Circle events, Dana Derricks was on stage and he had this epiphany and he shared it with everybody. And it was like an epiphany for me. And what he said, he said, it's interesting is that a lot of us get caught up in this value ladder, right? And we're always trying to add to it and changing things, removing it. And it's like, and super confusing. Some people have like value ladders, like go off in two different steps. And there's like one that goes this way, one goes this way, and one goes up and down. There's elevators. It's like, what the crap are we doing, right? And what Dana said it was so brilliant. He said, you got to realize that, that um, in our businesses, you should get the right number of these. He's like, you, you spend time developing your value ladder, What's fascinating is after your value ladder is built, you should never, ever touch this again, ever. Right? You don't keep adding things here. You don't keep changing. Like this, this is finite. This happens once and then you don't do it again. Okay? So right now in our company, we have a project from now till December 31st called Operation Value Ladder. And what we're doing, we've defined and finalized exactly what this is. And we're getting all the pieces in place and all the follow-ups in place. And I'll walk you through how it works. It goes from step one to step two to step three. And everything happens here. And then December 31st, I'm not allowed to touch this ever again. My team knows that, okay? Then moving forward next year, the only thing that we're allowed to do, because as entrepreneurs are creative and we have a bunch of ideas, only thing I'm allowed to do is create new front-end funnels to bring people in, and then they're introduced to the value ladder, and I can't touch it again at that point moving forward, okay? So what's cool about this is after you do it, you set it up, then it's done, and you don't touch it again. All you do is create new front-end funnels. And then if you don't want to create new front-end funnels, you don't have to. But if you're obsessive, compulsive like me, and you want more funnels, you can do it, but you're only doing front-ends. You will notice coming next year, we will launch one new front end every quarter. And that's it. You want me to see me do new back end thing? Like anything else will shift. It'll be just new front ends that bring new people into our world. And then we send them up to the exact same value ladder. Okay? So if you look at my value ladder down here, these are my front ends, right? So this is like dot com secrets. This is expert secrets. It'll be traffic secrets in a couple months. And there's, we have these little front end funnels that bring people into our world, right? Boom. 30 days with a front end funnel to me. I saw that. We've got um, perfect webinar. We've got anyway, a lot of different things, right? So that's, that's the first phase of this, right? So we're driving people into these funnels, okay? And then we do the follow-up funnel that gets them to buy. Um, all right. Now, if you look at our phase, we did a test of this um, last month, and it's going amazingly well. I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but um, uh, one of our Inner Circle members, uh, her name is Natasha Hazlett, She's actually going to be speaking at Funnel Hacking Live about this. And I'm so excited. Um, is, uh, is contest or challenge funnels. And uh, she started doing hers and her completely transformed and, and changed her business. Um, she had a book that she created. It was like a free plus shipping offer. And she was struggling with it. And they got frustrated. They thought, you know what? This is like our best stuff. Why are we going for free? And so instead, let's sell it for $47. Um, and then when they when, or the, sell a challenge, we're going to challenge them to learn stuff in the book and we'll give them a free copy of the book when they buy the $47 challenge. So they did that, took them through this challenge. I think hers is a four-week challenge. And they go week by week. They take them through this challenge. And the end of the challenge, she offers them, um, she does her webinar. And, uh, and it's crazy. I think the worst webinar she's done so far at the end of the challenge, she closed 20%. Usually it's way higher than that. What she found is that 80% of the people who finish the challenge end up uh, upgrading to her to $1,000 thing, right? So pretty amazing. Um, then I saw Garrett White. How many of you guys are, have, have gone through Garrett White's The King's Kit Challenge? 
You're not a man. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> if you go to the King's Kit Challenge, it's only for men. And there's like literally a checkbox you have to check. that says, I am a man and I have a penis. Like it's literally one of his, like you have to select it. And Chris just selected it. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh man, okay. So I shared this story for a different purpose, but I'm glad we got Krista to, anyway, whatever, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so Garrett's King's Kid Challenge, he launched this, I think, five or six months ago. Month one, he got 1,000 people to join. Month two, got 2,000. Month three, got three. I think the last three months, he's had over 4,000 people join each month. Someone comes in, they go through a 30-day experience. At the end of it, Garrett sells his $500 a month software. And now 25% of the people who go to the challenge ended up upgrading to his $500 a month software. Insane. So I was like freaking out, geeking out. You asked my team, like, all I talked about for like 60 days was challenge funnels. And so we decided to launch the One Funnel Way Challenge, which how many of you guys going through the process right now? Yeah. So we had 7,500 people sign up for the very first challenge. So far, it's insane. Stephen logs in every single day, yells at him, and pumps him, and motivates him. Everyone's got these excuses like, oh, but I don't know how to do this. He's like, oh, yes, you can, and like destroys their false beliefs. And what's happening is the wrong people are disappearing, and the right people are coming in, and they're being indoctrinated the right way. So when they enter into the rest of our value ladder, we have, we have crafted and created them to become our dream customer before we allow them up the value ladder. Okay? It gets rid of all of the annoying stuff because they've learned, they've been coached and then trained at this level to know how to work with us, what we expect and how it works. And uh, now when people move past that, they're not annoying and frustrating, lame and hard, right? They're awesome. Okay? So for us, all these things happen right here. And then the only goal of me selling the dot-com secrets book is after you buy the book, it's like, cool, you're in the book. You're going to learn about your funnels. Now you got to do one funnel away challenge. It's hundred bucks. Go sign up right now. Boom. Somebody's expert secrets. Cool. You want to be an expert. And the first step is taking this challenge. Go sign it now. It's hundred bucks. Boom. Like this will become the back end of every single thing I do. Okay. Mark my word. You'll see it. So this is our one funnel away challenge. We'll be relaunching. This is evergreen in January. So at that point you guys can funnel hack the crap out of me. Um, those who are in the process, so you can, see, I mean, you can see what's happening. Um, and it's, it's amazing. So for us, that's, that's the next level of ascension, right? One Funnel Way Challenge. Now, at the end of the One Funnel Way Challenge, we have a captive audience of people who have been trained, motivated, become our dream customers, and we'll make them a special offer. We're still finalizing what that offer will be. We do know the name will be Unlock the Secrets. Um, I'm not sure what it's going to be, but it's going to be some type of something amazing. So that's the next level of ascension. Um, that's all I'm going to give you. We're actually planning it out uh, late tomorrow night, so I'll know more soon. Those who are in the challenge will find out about it because we'll be inter- uh, telling you guys about it at the end of the challenge. From this, people will send up to this amazing program, 2 Comma Club X. And from 2 Comma Club X, people will ascend up into Inner Circle. And we actually have one new tier coming up called... Do I tell people? I can't tell you. Go get a logo quick. <laughs> this is gonna. This is uh, This is our top tier. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll tell you what it is. Um, it's our Category Kings Mastermind Group. And what we're doing with this is we're taking people who've become a Category King. Um, and uh, literally, this is gonna be amazing. Uh, we're gonna be renting private planes, and like five or six people will be in the group. We'll jump in a private plane together. And let's say Julie's in it. We will all fly to Julie's office, and for a day, she will give us everything she's got. And then we'll jump in a plane and we'll fly to John's office and we'll do that for an entire week and hit everybody up and uh, it'll be amazing. So that's the last tier of ascension for us. So everyone who's in my inner circle, that's what I want them all gunning for is to be part of that. 
And uh, that's kind of the process. So this is the path um, for our business, right? How many of you guys want to apply to do other private jet stuff? So this is, <laughs> so this is it, right? So for me, this was our, we got this in place. This will be in place by the end of the year. This is in, like, all these things are in place and this is it. Now I'm not allowed to touch this again. Okay. All I need to do now is if I want to create more front end offers, I create more ads to sell the front end offers. That's, that's my funnel. That's my business, right? That's how the whole thing works together. Did I get in trouble? I probably am in trouble from somebody. I'm so sorry. Okay. All right. Now the next step of this, how many of you guys read the dot-com secrets book? So when I first started talking about communication funnels, it's like the very basic before follow-up funnels, talking about communication funnels, talking about the two types of emails we send out. Number one were our daily what emails? Yeah, three of you actually read the book. All right, these are the daily Seinfeld emails, right? So for me, um, and I'm not going to write daily, and I'm not, not going to write Seinfeld messages because now it's not just emails, it's, it's all sorts of messages. But I'm sending out my daily messages that are like me telling an amazing story and pushing somebody somewhere. These messages are all either going to a front end here or scoring the One Funnel Way Challenge. So that's it. So every single day I walk up, I make a message, I send it out, and they're pushing to either front end or to the One Funnel Way Challenge. That's it. I do not, front end messages don't go past here, right? They're just pushing people into this, into the challenge or the other thing. So for example, what I would do, um, in fact, it's fun, I'm working with, uh, with Yada over here on this right now. So she is an amazing email story seller and uh, she's doing this for a ton of other people. But um, basically what it is, we're capturing stories of people who are one funnel away and then telling the stories, so the emails, then telling this amazing story. And that's like, if you want to be one funnel away too, click on one, go to onefunnelway.com and sign up for the challenge. Okay, next day we tell another amazing story about someone in our community who's had success. We help build up the belief. And they're like, if you're ready, go to onefunnelway.com. Boom. And then we do it again. And we do it again. It's just constant beating of the drum. Boom, boom, boom. Constant beating the drum, right? Because some people, it's going to take them once or twice or 10 or 50 or 100 times for to find like, oh my gosh, this must work. I've gotten 35 emails from Russell. All people have done this. Like, what if I could do it? And then they're going to come. And the next time I'll tell another one. I'm going to keep doing that. So these are our daily messages, right? So these are happening and they're pushing either to the one phone way challenge or if we have a front end, it can push to that. Go get your free book. Go get your thing. This is like the pieces as well. Okay. So that's the Seinfeld emails. Now, the next step here are the soap opera sequences. Okay. So soap opera sequences, emails, these are like your follow-up funnels. This is where you're taking somebody through a, through a choreographed story. Okay. A choreographed storyline, moving them from, uh, from, uh, from emotion to logic to urgency and scarcity. Okay. It's choreographed. If you look at a soap opera, the reason why I call these soap opera sequences, one of my friends, Andre Chaperone wrote a course called, um, what's it called? All Response Madness. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and he kind, of, he kind of coined that term, soap opera sequence. He says, look at a soap opera. And soap operas, they never end, right? In fact, my wife, before we, started mar- before we got married, she just watched soap operas. And then we got married and we stopped that horrible habit. And like 15 years later, we, were, we went on a trip somewhere and she flipped on the TV. And she was like, oh my gosh. And she knew all the people and their storylines and how they work. She's like, that person died like seven years ago. How are they still on this? Like, it was crazy, right? Because it never ends. It's just this thing where like they're opening loops, closing loops, open loops, closing loops, opening and closing, open, close, open, close, open, close, right? So what we typically do in like a soap opera sequence is not just like a standalone email. This is a standalone email, tells a story, pushes them to a thing. A soap opera sequence is where you're telling a story that, that, that weaves through multiple messages. It's choreographed, right? From, um, from emotion to logic to urgency and scarcity. And you're telling this, but you're opening, you're closing things, right? So somebody buys... Let's say they buy the Doc Secrets book. There is, uh, I'm ascending them from step one to step number two through a soap opera sequence. Soap opera follow-up funnel. 
Okay? So they come in here, and this is, there's a beginning and there's an end with a goal. The goal is to get them to ascend to the next level, right? So you bought doc, let's say, let's say expert secrets. So you bought expert secrets, you put into this follow up funnel, and it's like, cool, you bought the expert secrets thing. Now I start telling my stories, right? I'm doing this through all the different channels, okay? All of the channels here. Boom, you're in the sequence right now. It's like all the channels here, right? So I'm emailing you the, the stories that, that, get, that gets an expert secrets buyer to become a one funnel away buyer. I'm emailing things. I'm retargeting them with the same things. I'm Facebook, like whatever I can. I'm taking that follow-up, that sequence. I'm telling this storyline that all weaves together to ascend them to the next tier of the value ladder. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's the soap opera funnel. And the goal of that is to get them to ascend up. Um, if, they do, if they don't ascend up, then what happens is it drops them down to here. I'll put a little star. And it means it bumps back up here and they're back into the, into the, into the messages, right? For some reason, they didn't buy from this thing. So it's like, cool, they're not ready yet. Let's get back in and tell more stories. They tell more stories, tell more stories. Maybe they buy the next book and then now they're ready. This time they go in the, the, the follow-up funnel for this one. And also it's like, now they're ready and then they send up, right? So, and if they're not, pool, boom, drop them back in here, get them back on the daily messages and then keep getting it. And then, um, and then maybe they come directly here. Now they're in a boom. Now, they, now they're at this point, okay? So we have a follow-up funnel that's goal is to send them from step one, one to step number two. Okay. Now let's say they do one funnel away challenge. Now we're moving them up to the next follow-up funnel. So here's our next soap opera follow-up funnel. And the goal now is to choreograph an experience and a storyline and a soap opera that moves them from one funnel away challenge to the unlock the secrets. Okay. So that's the next set of messages. And it's taking the whole process. At the end of it, either they will ascend up to this thing or they will drop back out. They drop back out, move back here, and maybe they weren't ready yet. Let's keep the keep the stories, keep the stories, keep the stories. Some of them are gonna come back in and they're gonna send back up. How many of you guys bought three or four or five things from before you ever came to Funnel Hacking Live? Okay, it just happens that way. Sometimes you're not ready. It comes back to the whole dating analogy, right? And my buddy sends 90 emails a day. Some of you guys weren't enough pain the first time or the second time or the third time, but somewhere along the line, some message hit you and you're like, now I'm ready. I'm gonna go. I need to do this. I don't care. Like I have to do like now I've been hearing about this, I'm hearing about it, but like now there's enough pain that I'm gonna make the change I need in my life, right? Okay, so that's why it's this constant thing. It's a constant beating the drums, constant telling the stories, constant um, giving them belief. Okay, all right. Now at the end of this, they unlock secrets. Then it's like, okay, cool. Now we got to move to the next level of ascension. So now we build a soap opera follow-up funnel. And the goal is to get them, so the goal of each of these is to get them into the next, the next piece, right? Um, if they don't take it, it drops them down back to the beginning. If they do, it sends up to Comma Club X. To Comma Club X, we haven't had this recently, but we have some spaces in the inner circle starting to open up. So now there's going to be a sequence trying to get people to send to inner circle. Inside the inner circle, there'll be a sequence now that sends to the next level. Okay? What's that? We haven't yet, um, but there's um, a process soon. We'll anyway. Anyway, we'll talk about it later. I'm just kidding. I'm not selling anything today. <laughs> That, you're so, let me in. Anyway, but that's the process. See how it works? So this is how these follow-up funnels work together, right? This is like a daily broadcast sending things out. The follow-up funnel, the goal of the follow-up funnel is to get someone to move from one spot to the next. And from one spot to the next. And to send them through your value ladder. As people move up your value ladder, you're providing more value to them. In exchange, here's the value score. They become more valuable to you. Okay, so that's how these follow-up funnels, how they tie together, how they work together, how the soap opera sequences works with the um, soap opera sequences and how the whole thing kind of works. That makes sense? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so I want, I want to take, um, I want to, 
I'm going to do a little bit longer work time this time because there's a lot of pieces of this. Um, I know you guys want to talk and share, but let's, let's try to keep it quiet for at least the first five minutes. I want, to, I want you guys to actually think really quick. I want to, I'm going to take 10 minutes for the exercise. The first five minutes, so try to stay in your head with yourself on your pad of paper. And I want you to start mapping, like, what does your value ladder actually look like? Do you have something like that? What is your value? Where are you taking people to? What's the ascension? And if you don't have one, that's fine. Just be like, hey, I know I need something here. I know I need something here-ish, right? Um, figure out what, what your value looks like. What pieces you're probably missing. And then start thinking, okay, what can my daily message be like? What's the one unified message I can send every single day? For me, it's your one funnel way. Every single day, you're one funnel way. You're one funnel way. You're one funnel way. What's your unified message? What's your future-based cause? All the stuff we talk about expert secrets. What's the thing you can talk about every single day? And then it's like, what's the soap opera sequence look like that sends them from here to here, from here to here, from here to here, and so on and so forth. And start looking at those. Because these are the things you got to create to start moving people through these levels, Okay. As soon as you own the traffic, that's the goal, is how do we provide more value to people? We move, do that by moving them up the value ladder, okay? Getting them closer and closer to you. Does that make sense? Okay, so the assignment, build out your value ladder, plug in the things in each step. If you're missing things, be aware of that, and figure out what is the Seinfeld message to tie back to your future-based cause you can talk about every day, and what are the fault funnels you need to do. So let's do, we're going to do a 10-minute thing. The first five minutes, try to focus and just not talk too much, and then the last 10 minutes you can share with your, or last five minutes you can share with your friends, and we'll come back in 10 minutes. Ready, go. Uh, one interesting question someone asked Julie that I want to bring up. Oh, I just changed the thing. All right. Someone said, where does Funnel Hacking Live fit in this whole thing? So, <laughs> so Funnel Hacking Live technically is a soap opera sequence, right? That it sends somebody from here to, to here. Like if you notice how we choreograph Funnel Hacking Live, it's an amazing experience, but we choreograph it with the goal eventually to get people to ascend up to the next tier, right? Which is how and why you guys are all here. Um, so you'll see this all, as this comes out, how it ties back in the Funnel Hacking Live. But the goal of Funnel Hacking Live, outside of providing amazing experience and taking people to the next level, building better relationships, is then to ascend people to the next level, which is why you guys are all here today, right? Like that's what made the main goals of Funnel Hacking Live. So it's, it is its own soap opera choreographed experience as well, which is kind of cool. All right. Um, okay, we've got one, two, three more things to do today. Um, the first thing we're going to do well, I'll tell you that last. The second thing we're going to do, after we're going to take a break after the next thing we're going to do, when we come back from the break, <laughs> oh man. Okay, when we come back, um, some of you guys have been asking like, what's the plan of Two Comic Club X? What's it look like next year? What's happening? What's happening on the cruise? What's happening after the cruise? What's the plan? I'm like, come on, you guys. I have all these surprises. You want me to ruin them all? So I'm going to ruin some surprises for you guys tonight if you guys are cool with that. I'm not going to ruin all of them just enough that you guys will be hooked for for life. Okay? No. No, but I'll tell you guys some of the plans. Um, they're not all finalized, but we have some really cool, exciting things coming up for, uh, for 2CCX next year. Um, this year has been an, a fun, amazing experience, and uh, our thing is always like, what's the next level? How do I make this better? What's the, like? And so um, I'm excited to start unveiling some of the cool things. How many of you guys are planning on coming on the cruise with us already? <laughs> I got a really good prize on the cruise. I'm not going to tell you that one right now because it's like insane. All right. It's going to be so fun. Um, anyway, uh, and then um, after, after I talk about next year, I'm going to share this piece of paper with you guys right here, which is like the Dream 100 for 2.0, and then that'll be it for, um, for the event. So I'm excited. Um, what I want to do right now, though, is I know there's been a lot of questions. We've got a little bit of, of time right now. And so um, we set up two mics, and this is real quick before you start running to the mics. This is the game plan. Um, I want to make sure, first off, that you are asking questions that are relevant to what we talked about in this event. Um, <laughs> It was funny, at, um, at the Dry Bar Comedy Club event that we did last week, somehow JP, was, as he was making fun of me, and over and over again, he talked about, like, 
uh, one, of, one of his quiz questions made fun of me was like, what does Russell not monetize? And someone yelled out from back of the audience, his love life. And my wife was like, what? So no one asked me how I monetize my love life. We can't ask those kind of questions. I don't want questions about other, like anything. I want stuff in context of, of this event. If you have questions of stuff not in context of traffic secrets, that we can do it other times or ask coaches, other things like that. But um, I want to make sure that this is super relevant for everyone who's in the room. So if you have questions at any piece of this process so far, from the Dream 100 to the show, to the, to the traffic control you earn, the front end funnels, the, the black box, the follow-up funnels, the value score, the seven layers of a funnel, all this stuff we talked about in the last two days, um, we're going to probably spend 30 minutes or so doing some open mic Q&A. So there's a mic over here. There's a mic over here. If you have any questions, just line up and we'll have some fun doing that. And um, if there are no questions, we'll just take a nap. Okay, there's questions. Good. All right. You're up for number one. Hi, Russell. My name is Derry. How are you going? Amazing. How are you doing? Awesome. Thank you. Uh, so we're fortunate enough to be going through some pretty awesome growth at, the, growth at the moment. We'll do about 440 this month. We did 300 last month. Nice. And we were going about 10, 15% month on month before that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we've got so much further that we can go with the traffic channels that we've got. But I also feel guilty that I'm not tapping into everything that I could be. So my question is, should I just dig as deep as I can in the veins that I've got, or should I spread my risk and make sure that we're um, tapping into the other channels that I know, like we're, we're only doing organic YouTube, we're not doing any paid YouTube, mm-hmm. we're doing paid social and Dream 100 through influencers, that's pretty much it. Uh, cool. Great question. So I'd say part of it depends on your team structure, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have some like plug them in to do something, what I wouldn't do is like take your dude who's like killing it through the influencer stuff. Like, oh, can you also do this? Because it waters everything down really quickly, right? Okay. Um, we get people every single year come to me like, Russell, we want to take ClickFunnels to Spanish and to Spain and to France and to China and to Japan, all these things, right? And like this twice, I'm like, I know that we could do that and we could double the size of ClickFunnels, like going to new countries and all kind of stuff. But like for me, it, I'm kind of the same way, like, we're like, I don't feel like we've even scratched the surface on the English market yet. And they, I could do that, but I guarantee it's to take my eye off, off of the game here. And then this is going to drop and struggle. Mm-hmm. And I know there'll be a time, but I'm not going to shift until I know that there's a team dedicated to that. It's in place. It's ready. And then, and then I will give them that. But I want to make sure that my eye and everybody's eye is not taking off the thing that's paying the bills, that's driving the, the things in. Yeah, my only fear is that if we get a snap and one of those traffic sources disappears, we're, we've, we're relying so heavily on a few Although we've got recurring revenue, so we've got a good few months of runway before uh-huh. we hit those shoes, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think, again, it's, it's like do it, but do it cautiously. Don't do it like shifting people's focus. Like find like, okay, here's the new person we're bringing in or the hire or the team or whatever to do it. Okay. It doesn't – because the biggest problem we have as entrepreneurs, and I bet Sharpen will probably say the same thing in the team building thing. The biggest problem that we usually have – and I'm like the worst offender. You can ask anyone on my team. So I'm like knowing this from personal experience. It's like we have our team that juggling like 500 balls. And we have a new idea. We're like, here's one more ball. Go. And they're like, what? How am I supposed to do this too? Right? <laughs> and then like everything starts suffering. And it's yeah. like, oh, we have to be very, very careful of that. Instead, like we can do that the next thing. But it's like it's a new person. It's new. Like we have to do. We have to set up the structure of that first and not just like water down what we're already doing. Because then everything suffers. And if that doesn't work or doesn't hit for whatever reason, then the whole thing starts sinking. You know what I mean? So let's okay. do it, but do it strategically where you're getting the infrastructure in place, the people in place to do it. Um, that's how I would definitely look at it for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Holy cow. These lines got big. Okay. Over here. <laughs> um, 31 minutes. We'll go a little longer. 31 nice. So you kind of blew my mind with this last um, value ladder, which obviously was the point. But um, <laughs> up to now when I was developing a value ladder, it was 
around. So like I started with one online course, right? And it was a how to send people to that course and then the coaching level of that. But what I'm seeing in this is almost an overall strategy for the company kind of value ladder. Like how do we walk people up? So I was asking some people during the break or when we were brainstorming, but you know, you've got all these front end things, the challenge, which gets more people involved. But even that, you know, the secrets level for me, let's say, that's kind of the mid-level of my, um, my market. Right now I offer a course. The idea is to develop a lot more courses. Am I thinking about this right that, because you guys are selling, like ClickFunnels is nowhere in here, right? Like there's literally not, the subscription for ClickFunnels is not on this ladder. Mm-hmm. Uh, funnel scripts, all those things are not on here. Do those just fit into different levels of the ladder? Like the people who sign up to the one funnel challenge, they're going to need ClickFunnels. They're going to need all these other adjunct things. Do you bring in mid-market kind of things at the right level and you structure everything that way? Or are you thinking to yourself that each one of these ladders exists across all the different verticals? Great question. So um, the way I view my business is, um, is basically it's almost like two companies. We have an info, info product coaching company, which is this what you guys look right now. And then there is another value ladder that's the software company, right? We come in a trial. From there, we send them to the Funnel Builder Secrets. From there, uh, we have Funnel Scripts. Then we have um, anyway uh, Actionetics, and we have an Ascension there that's separate. So I'm kind of cheating because I do have two separate things, um, but they they we they they bleed together, right? All of these are pushing people in the funnels. Like everything's pushing, so it's it's similar, but they are they are kind of separate things. If that makes sense? It does. Do you mind if I ask a quick follow up? Yeah. So in the middle of the ladder, I kind of ended up calling my thing. So right now, there's one course, like I said, and. I know there will be dozens of courses down the line as we keep uh, increasing what we're doing. Each of those, yes, they'll have like a, their own little funnel to get people into them. Is it okay, does it work to kind of think of the middle of that funnel as my mid-level, the things that I would sell at mid-level? So that could be 997 courses, 1495, et cetera. And you have low or like front end and then mid-level kind of excitement products that get people mm-hmm. going. And then you're selling them onto your higher level coaching, et cetera. Yeah. How much exactly you're saying? So like my okay. mid-level is essentially not, you're, you have uh, whatever the secrets thing is, that you, whatever that is, right? Yeah. It doesn't exist right now, but it will. It's going to be awesome, though. Well, it's going to be amazing, <laughs> right? It's going to be, I don't know, mine will be pretty awesome too, but. Are you saying you have multiple courses at this level? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Like okay. I, I called it for me, I called it because it's, it's, the company's called Ignited. I called it like Ignited University. And in Ignited University, you can sign up for one course. You can sign up for probably we'll have an offering where you include all the course. Like, it's, I'm kind of cheating a little bit because it's not just one step. It's not a single product I'm selling there. Yeah. There's different ways to do it. It kind of comes up to you. Um, you know, part of me, I'd be looking if it was me. I'd be like, is there, is there a logical progression of those? Or are they all just kind of different front ends? Um, could you bundle them together and make a super – like there's, there's like there's – the, there's the – what did they say? The, the spirit of the law and the letter of the law, right? Like this is the structure – there's different ways to do it, obviously. And sure. So it's not always like that comes down to kind of your, your okay. personal choice, right? Um, if it was me, I'd be like, how do we group these things together in like one super course that could be there? That maybe the downsells are breaking things off or things like that. You know what I mean? Mm. But you're like, this, is our, this level is our education level, right? Yeah. So maybe there's different things we're selling. But this is like, here's, here's a challenge. Here's our education. Here's our coaching. Here's our mastermind. You know, stuff like that. And so there could, be, there could be different tracks that are happening in here. You sell them as a whole, sell them individually. Cool. Potentially. All right. So that help? Yeah, thanks, man. Cool. Thank you. Over here. Hey, Russell. My name is Victor. Hey. Um, I have a question about the Dream 100. So 
you know, you're like a super busy guy, and you say that in the morning you could just open up your phone, go po 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 po, and follow up on your whole dream 100 list. How do you find the time? Because it's a lot of people, it's a lot of different lives that you kind of have to get personal with, and it's like it could take a lot of time. You could just like look at your phone, go through like 20, 30 people, lift your head up, look at the clock, and it's like one o'clock in the afternoon. You're like, oh shit. Like half my day is gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I limit mine to the amount of time it takes me to take a dump. <laughs> if I'm completely, like, if I'm completely honest, <laughs> uh, I was doing market research. That's how I knew that. Uh, I swear. No, but yeah, that, that's the amount of time I put into it. It's not. It's not like a 30, 40 hour long thing. It's me sitting here and like. And because not everyone's doing stuff every single day, but I'm like, who's doing stuff today? I'm looking, I'm looking, and I'm not commenting on every single person's thing. I'm just becoming aware of it. And I'm like, okay, cool, I know what's happening, and I get back to work, right? But I'm just, I'm seeing it, I'm being aware of it. And I'm driving, I'm listening to podcasts, like, who don't listen to, who don't listen to, I'm listening to a couple of them. And so it's just, it's just like, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of it, I'm watching it from a, from a high, and that way I can, I'm aware of what's happening. Um, one of the secret projects that Stu McLaren and I are working on right now, which is insane, is... Um, the software that's going to match with this book. And one of the cool things about it, you'll be able to log in and inside the software, you build out your Dream 100 and then it'll build a dashboard of your Dream 100. So you log in and you're like, boom, so-and-so did a podcast, we got a Facebook Live and you'll see everybody's thing like in a news feed. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and it's awesome. It also like, it'll like, you can subscribe someone's, to someone's list. It'll pull in all their emails as well. So you'll be able to see everything just in a really quick dashboard because that's how I view it. And right now it's annoying because I have to go through four or five apps to do it. So we're building this to be like it's super simple. You're just like, oh my gosh, there's all my people, and you can be aware of them, and then you can put notes like, oh, contact so and so, do whatever, and like kind of like a CRM, just like really quick notes as you're doing it. So that'll make it easier. But for right now, it's not it's not super complex. I'm just trying to be aware of it because I don't need to know everything, every single thing Tony's doing. But I need to be aware of what's happening. So if I see him, or when I have an opportunity, when I'm going to approach him, or if I see something awesome that can spur a thought. Like yesterday, I saw the one that, that EA, uh, Prince EA did. I was like, oh my gosh, took a snapshot, sent it to, to John and my team. I'm like, let's do an ad like this. This is freaking amazing. This is awesome. Boom, on the next thing. It's just, it's like fast, fast, fast stuff. It's not getting in the weeds where you're commenting and responding to comments and all that kind of stuff. Because then, yeah, you could lose your life if you do that too much. That's so, exactly. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah, man. Thank you. Very cool. Thanks. All right, over here. All right. First of all, thank you for the amount of work that you put into simplifying this whole process. Been incredible. Thank you. I'm so glad I came because I was wanting tactics, but I'm so glad I didn't get lost in tactics before I understood the basis. My question is, are you going to do tactics on any of these like Facebook or, you know, like YouTube or anything like that? And if not, do you have any recommendations or are you going to recommend? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure when we put the actual offer out, we will have like a, a web-based version that has more tactical thing. Because again, I told you before, like I want to make my books that are evergreen because I don't want to rewrite them every three days. Um, but there is the tactical side of it. And I think the bigger thing, especially for you, because I know you personally, like this might not be a case for every single person, but like you shouldn't know the tactics. I don't know the tactics, right? It's like who knows the tactics? Like, Who's the who who already knows the tactics you can pay, you can hire, or you can bring on your team, or you can train, or whatever that is, right? Or if you bring somebody on your team. And then there are, I mean, how many people in this room sell a Facebook ads course? All of them are good. How many guys sell a LinkedIn course? Yeah, don't use, okay, one person, good. At least someone's selling it. How many guys sell a Twitter course, an Instagram course? Like, there's amazing tactics out there. There's tons of courses that are all, like, fragmented pieces. They're all great, right? Like, John goes through and buys most of them, studies them, finds out what works, tries things out. So, like, those things are happening. Um, 
And, and honestly, there, there's no offense to anyone, but like, it is what it is, right? There's not like, there's not like a thousand different ways to do it. There's like, there's a couple different ways and different strategies, things like that. But for the most part, like it's, it is what it is. And so it's like, I, you could find a course specific for that and plug it in or hire someone that's already amazing at it. And those are the things I'd be, I'd be looking at, you know? Okay. So you guys are not going to do it specifically though. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Not okay. as of today, but maybe as of when this thing goes live. <laughs> Good question, man. Thanks. Hi. Um, I wanted to know a little bit about the entering people on just the first two levels, because I like jumped into the funnel hackathon, like, you know, hopped on a plane, like, you know, 10 days after I Googled you. Um, so, but like on this, you would have made me go through a, like a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Great question. So, Okay, that's actually a great question. So, yes. Um, how many of you guys, the first thing you ever bought for me was Inner Circle? <laughs> people back here. <laughs> yeah. So, we have, I mean, there's, there's gateways into all of these things that are open. Well, not right now, but actually none of these are open right now. <laughs> but uh, there, there will be. So, um, I mean, John can, can attest to this. Like, we drive people into different levels of value ladder. It's not always the first thing, right? And I totally understand because I'm the kind of person that, like, if someone's selling, like, a $37 info course, I'm not going to buy it. But if they sell a $100,000 mastermind group and I see who's in it, I'm going to sign up for that, right? So I totally understand. So I don't – I typically don't block all the gateways. I have them open. Um, but it's harder to spend money today. Like, it's not as often you're spending tons of money because it's just harder to convert typically without warming them up through a process. But the gates are there. We do have active ads running to our warm audiences, um, typically into all the different front-end funnels. So I wouldn't lock it out personally. Other people do. Garrett White, after he launches his challenge funnel, it's worked so good. If you notice, Garrett's taken everything else of his offline. And the only way to buy something from him is to go through the challenge, finish the challenge, and then he allows you to buy the other things. So his strategy is just like you're in or you're out, and that's, that's it. Um, I don't have the guts to do that yet, like people that come in wherever. And I understand that as a, as a consumer. Um, I usually buy books or super high-end things, nothing in the middle. And so, yeah, we do leave the doors open. So that's just kind of a personal strategy, what you, what you like. But, um, yeah. Thank you. Does that help? Yep. Question. Over here. Hey, Russell. Um, so I have a question uh, regarding the Dream 100. So I know a lot of us here uh, mainly are online. Um, and that's great when you have, you know, bigger industry, a lot of people um, to pull from that Dream 100. Um, what about like local businesses? What do you think when you're on that smaller front? I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to draw on that. Like, we don't have, you know, a lot of big social media, you know, giants in a, in a smaller town. Um, and just so, you know, community networking that community, I guess, kind of maybe going offline or if you could just expound a yeah. little bit on that. And, yeah, great. In fact, let me make sure we talk about this in the book because I think it's important. Um, so it's, it's interesting because if you look at like, um, the big things are folks have interest, right? Like following people who are interested in this or this or this or this. And it's definitely different on a local basis. So, but what do you know locally? Like they may not be interested in the same thing, but they are the, the, the commonality is geographic area, right? Mm-hmm. So one thing we've done with a couple of different uh, groups, like we've got um, uh, one that's like a, a health spa. And, and I talked to this, I was like, okay, or, uh, it's like a personal training gym. I'm like, hey, you're a personal trainer. I'm like, who else has your dream customers, right? He's like, well, people can only drive this far. So I'm like, okay, let's get a map. Let's draw like a big circle around here. I'm like, who else has your dream customers? And in that map, right, there's a yoga studio. There's a juice bar. There's, and there's all these different things like that. And then, um, and so that was the first thing to identify, like, who, who are the people that go to similar type things, right? Also, people like in the same strip mall that they're in was like, they're, like geographically they're coming together. And what we kind of showed them is um, we came back and I was trying to explain to most local people don't understand this, but like every local business has one of these, right? So I was talking to my trainer who I'm trying to help him with this thing. And I was like, 
Um, he's like, well, if I'm going to do the internet thing, what would your first step be? And I was like, well, tell me about your dead file list. He's like, what's a dead file? I'm like, it's all the people who came into your office at one time, either were a client or they weren't a client, but you have like the name, email, the phone number. I'm like, how many of those do you have? He's like, oh, I don't know, probably four or 500 of them. I'm like, okay, that's the first step. That's like, that's your data that you have not done anything with. I was like, get that data first. Let's, let's take that. So he went and went through all his records. He found it all. I think he had an Excel sheet, probably 350 to 400 when it all said done. I was like, hey, the first thing we're going to do to fill your gym is like, let's just like do, use your deadlist to like fill up the gym, right? So he's like, okay. So he sent an email out to his thing and literally like it filled his gym to capacity. It was, it was crazy. And then, uh, and then a little while he sh- was kind of tweaking. He's like, what should I do now? So I was like, take that. Let's do a, a custom audience in, in Facebook and follow audience. He's like, cool. And that worked for a while. And then he's like, what's the next step? And the next step for him was like, okay, how many other of, these, of the businesses that have your dream customers have this as well? And so he's like, okay. So he like knew the juice guy. So he called him and the juice guy, he's like, hey, do you have dead files? He's like, what's dead files? Like, Everyone's came to your place. He's like, yeah, I have them. He's like, can I have them? And the guy's like, sure. Gives him all his customers and gives it to him. And he did the next person. They didn't even know these things were possible. And so he was just leveraging like all the customer lists of all the people ge- geography around them and then mailing special offers back and forth. And from there, blew up his gym. You know what I mean? So it's a lot of those kind of things of just looking. It's, it's, they may not have a huge Facebook profile, but they have this. Like, this is what we're looking for, right? We're looking for people that have already congregated your dream customers together. So where are those people at? So it might be, if, in that kind of case, it's usually geographic. Like, who's, who in our geography has already got those people combined, right? Now let's figure out how to target those people, bring them in, and leverage their list as well. Great. Thank you. That's yeah. right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hey, okay, so my question is about how your soap opera evolves as you ascend up the ladder. Mm-hmm. So I um, help nurses uh, go from traditional nursing to travel nursing and, and two, three, four X their income. You get close um, to the mic. I ca- sorry. Traditional nursing to what kind of nursing? To travel nursing. Okay. So I'm a travel nurse and I help other nurses get in there and they can four X their income. It's awesome. Um, but I totally hacked your challenge and I did my own 30 day challenge. Uh, and I'm going halfway through. That's amazing. Good job. <laughs> one, one contract away challenge. So one nursing contract, how it can change your life and how it's changed my life. Um, but as I send up the ladder, one contract away doesn't really follow my ascension. It's more that nurses are worth more. And that's what my, my whole program is. The nurses are what? Nurses worth more. Okay. Um, so I'm just wondering, does your soap opera change and evolve? Like, I know you just said, like, it's always, you're always one funnel away. You're always one funnel away. Um, but with, like, the one contract away, as you ascend up my ladder, like, the challenge is very applicable. But then there's, like, a master class where you're just learning about everything else gotcha. with traveling. Gotcha. And then you're into, like, a worth more mastermind, which is more about um, not making money in the traditional sense of clocking in and out, but with that extra money you've made, how you can rise above all of that. So one contract away doesn't... Cool. It doesn't So, so this part right here, my message is the same, right? Uh-huh. But down here, the message is specific to the next, the next tier of where I'm taking them. Okay. So this is super hyper-specific to like why they need to invest in this. This is super specific about why they should be in this room, right? This is super specific why they should be in a circle. So the... The, uh, the follow-up funnels are hard selling the next, the next step in, in the value ladder. Gotcha. So it changes. The soap opera Yeah, this change. definitely changes for that. And then your new traffic that you're getting in um, and bringing into these existing like, groups, like a Facebook group, for example, um, how, do you, how do you go about doing that? Because I feel like everyone's at a different stage, and I, I feel like it's got to be like, do this, do this, do this, you know? And it's like everyone's in this one group and everyone's in a different stage and I don't know what to say sometimes. Uh, that's why, honestly, that's why we did the challenge. The goal of our challenge is there's like, 
Because so, yeah, I, I 100% agree that. Because I was saying people come into our world all sorts of different places. Some have experience, some have no experience. I'm like, and I was like, man, there's like four fundamental things everyone has to understand to be successful in my world, right? It's like you have to understand like hook, story offer. You have to understand like a basic, like the, the core fundamentals. So if you look at our challenge, with the content structure, it's all giving them the core fundamentals I feel like are essential for anyone to have success in our world. So that's what the whole challenge is, just like getting them all on the same page so we can have a conversation that where we're all on the same page when they, when they exit the backside of the challenge. So have this challenge separate from my main Facebook community. Yeah, and like for us, everyone's in our Facebook group. Like you'll see as we, when we reopen the challenge, it becomes an evergreen thing. Like that's the goal. The Facebook group's the goal is to get people in the challenge. Like, and everyone should be in the challenge talking about it and getting people to send, like get, take the challenge, take the challenge, and get everybody into that process. Because it's just like that's how we, again, we, we, we craft them and turn them into our dream customers. Now we get them all speaking the same language. They um, are on the same page. Like they have the foundations they need where we can all start building together off it. And that's the biggest thing I remember when, um, when my wife and I, the first time went to Tony Robbins, we go to Tony Robbins and we like learn the same language and we came home and we're like, I can communicate with them now because we have the same language. We're talking about the same things and, and like we could grow as a couple way faster. I feel like it's the same thing in businesses. It's like if they're not speaking the same lingo as you, like I could be saying stuff like, what is Russell talking about? I have no idea. But if we can wash them through this challenge where now we've got them all on the same, the same page, then we launch off of that. Now it's like, boom, we're all in the same, we all speak the same language and we may still be different levels, but now at least we can all communicate at the same time and same, same speed. Okay, okay. thank you. I, just, yeah. I got a quick question just to follow up with that. So for the soap opera sequences, how do you, is there a special way to bridge? I know they're very specific based on what you're selling. Is there a way to bridge from one soap opera to the other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of how it ends. So if I was going to do this, right? So my one funnel way challenge, uh, my soap opera, so when Unlock the Secrets, I'd be talking about this, like Unlock the Secrets, why you need to be part of it? And I'd be talking about the logical explanation of why it's amazing, or excuse me, the emotional, and then the logical, and then the urgency scarcity with clothes. And if I wanted to move them to the next the next phase, then it's like, okay, what's, what's the emotional reason why they should be in this room, right? Why should they join two column club X? Like, what's the next emotional reason? Then the logical. So it's just, just telling the stories and choreographing the storylines. Just like, again, I mean, picture, picture this. You picture your dream customer. You just met him, right? First time. First time I meet someone, I'm like, what's your name? Joe. Joe, you're awesome. I'm excited. You should join my inner circle. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, um, well, actually, first, you should read this book. Can you read this book? They read the book. What do you think? You liked it? Cool. Let me tell you a story about Julie. Let me tell you a story about, about Caitlin. Let me tell you a story about someone. You just go and follow like, you know, like, oh, cool. And you're just like, you're taking this person on a journey. So just think about it that way. Think of like, you're taking this person on a journey. Like, how would you, what would you tell them first and then second? And just, again, in your mind, try to pretend like there's a, an actual avatar. Right? That's why we spent so much time day one on the avatar. Like, pretend like you're with that person. And what would I actually say to them? What would I actually. Like, how would, I, how would I bridge them from thing to thing? And just, if you're acting like, you're putting in your mind that you're actually talking to, to somebody, you care about them, you're taking them, it becomes really easy to like, oh, well, they wouldn't, the only way for me to bridge the gap from here to here is explain this. And it's like, oh, that's the answer, you know? I hope. Thank you. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Over here. Hi. Well, first of all, thank you. It's amazing experience to be in this group. And you guys are awesome, and everybody here is awesome. Yay! So thank you for bringing them here. Uh, my question is, well, another thank you for giving us the uh, permission to do Rainmaker projects, because we just had one. You probably heard about the summit. And um, now we're thinking about a follow-up project for that. Uh, that would be a continuity program. Mm -hmm. So my question is, like, do you th does it sound too much for you to be stuck with the same people for a long period of time? Like, would it be bad for us? <laughs> or, it depends. How, do you, you like them? Are you friends? Means. 
Um, so I, <laughs> I would say, um, and I, I'm grateful for this advice someone gave me when we first started ClickFunnels. And I hated the advice because it was given to me by a lawyer, and I hate lawyers mostly. I love some lawyers. That, anyone here a lawyer? <laughs> oh, I love, I love him. <laughs> But the rest of them are the worst. No, but we start ClickFunnels, um, and we're all, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. We're going to take over the world. We're all on the same page, and we're excited. And our lawyer's like, you need to, um, like, figure out how this ends, or else it's going to end really, really bad. And we're like, we don't want to figure out how it ends. Like, this is, like, this is an amazing experience. And luckily, so gratefully, forced us to sit in a room and figure it out and get everyone on the same page, agree to it, sign the contract. And then we had that. And then, sure enough, two and a half years later, one of the partners decided to fall away, and it was like, this painful thing, but also like, oh, this is how we take care of it. And it was like, oh, we all agreed to this. And it was, just, it was easy because we agreed to it ahead of time. And then there wasn't any hurt feelings. We were all left as friends. I guess the biggest thing is, because business is like a marriage, right? It's like, ah, like, it, it's a scary, scary thing. And so I would look at it, I don't know, partnering on like, this is really scary for me. Because for any of you guys, like looking like, I'm going to partner with on my whole thing, that's scary. Partnering on like this right here, awesome. Right? So do something like this, and that way it's just like it's a thing, it's there, it could disappear, it might be awesome, it might be lame, but like let's just do this thing, and then these are the rules. If it, if it works, this is how it works. If it doesn't work, if someone wants to bail, this is how it works, and you just figure those things out ahead of time. It doesn't have to be a legal contract with lawyers and all that crap, but make sure there's like a written email that everyone says, yes, I'm in on this, and then you've got the ground rules, and then it's, then it's not, I wouldn't stress too much. Um, most of the deals I've done outside of ClickFunnels was just like, this is the plan, this is the plan, you're good at that, like, cool, I'm going to send you an email with the bullet point, that way someday in the future we can look at the email, but we both agree to this, right? Yes, I send an email, they respond yes, and we're good to go. That's why I do most of my, almost all my deals prior to actual ClickFunnels. In fact, Jim Edwards and I, it was funny, our lawyer's like, what's your guys' contract? I'm like, you don't have a contract? Like, it's Jim Edwards, he's so happy, he's got a unicorn head half the time, like, we just said, let's do this thing, and we did, and then we sent him half the money, and it's amazing. And then uh, our lawyer's like, you probably should make a deal someday. But it was like, I mean, we're probably five or six million dollars into that deal before we had a contract figured out. But we just knew like, his trading charge this part, and I'm charge this part, and we'll just run with it while it works. And if it stops working, we'll just leave his friends, and it was good. Right, so as long as we know how the exit is going to look. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, you, know you all exit. heard this, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> was that a coaching call I just did for all of your, just kidding, all your partners? <laughs> awesome. Over here. Great. Uh, I have a question and then some feedback if you're interested. Okay. Um, first, the question is on the value ladder side of things. Mm -hmm. So I guess we come from a world where you know it's all about back-end monetization and then it's about affiliate offers and you know more things to sell to your list. So I'm really curious when you said, I'm going to crunch it all down, only have your one offer or everything on the back-end. Can you maybe talk about that a little more or did I misunderstand it You know, in terms of how your value ladder came about? So your question was, why do I only have those those tiers in my value ladder? Yeah, it's why, it seems like it's like a one it's like a one track value ladder, mm -hmm. and that's the route you're going. That's great. And then you said you're not doing anything else, and that's fine. I'm just really trying to understand, you know, the thought process behind that. Yeah, I don't want to give my customers schizophrenia. Okay. If I offered you guys, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I I did a lot of food offers in the past, and it's the fastest way to grade the, the quality of your customer list. Because okay, so now, now you're introducing this person, this person, this person, this person. All of a sudden, it's just like the attention gets, gets spread. Um, I want to I keep everyone's attention because I can serve you a way higher level that way. And, um, and we're all said and done, I make more money that way too. I didn't believe it because I, I mean, in 10 years of my life, it was affiliate offer. That's how we did all of our stuff, right? Yeah. We crossed money. Like that's, that was how we made money. So I thought that's how it had to be. 
Um, and we stopped doing that. It was scary because I'm like, how am I going to make money? But it's like, oh my gosh, I can cultivate such a deeper relationship when I'm not like, oh, buy this guy's thing and this guy's and this guy's. And all of a sudden the, the person's buying four or five things and I see him on stage at someone else's event getting this. And, so, and all of a sudden I'm like, I lost him. But here I can, I, can, I can keep attention, keep people excited, keep ascending, keep serving and just it, it crafts a better customer long-term. And, um, and so it's, it may seem short-sighted in the short-term. In the long-term, the customer value goes way up. Cool, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Russell. Hey, how's it going? Good. You're amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, my question is about having your own show. So I have a lot of followers on Instagram. Well, not close to you, but I have followers. <laughs> and then I um, do a lot of business on Facebook. So I'm just kind of wondering, can I turn my IGTV on and do a Facebook video at the same time, but it's the same content? Um, for sure. Okay, I'm going to say with a caveat. Um, I do, I, for those two platforms, I say yes. Because Facebook and, and Instagram are so similar, you know what I mean, how people consume. But every platform's got the intricacies. I think what a lot of people, the mistake they make is they record one thing and they, they put it on like every platform at once, and that's where it doesn't really work. Okay. It's usually like how do you customize things for each platform. Um, but IGTV and Facebook Lives are very, very similar, and so I don't see any problem with that. Um, I mean, you look at a lot of the big people that have like 12 phones and they get them all set up. And yeah. like, like I went to Ty Lopez's house and it was insane. <laughs> we did the interview and they literally had like dozens and dozens of phones and they're clicking on all of them and they got all this team of people are looking at all the it was like i thought they had like a secret system but it was literally a bunch of phones glued together to a pole cool awesome like, yeah i'm like at this point hasn't someone invented something that holds more than one phone <laughs> apparently not awesome thank you yeah thank you hey, hi russell uh mike here i'm in the uh dating slash coaching industry and my question is how do i keep track of who bought what because you know, I have digital products, Skype coaching, live coaching. They live with me. Sometimes they put in a deposit. I got like a PayPal. I've even had guys pay the deposit with like Bitcoins. So <laughs> just figuring out like how to keep track. That way I can automate, you know, the email chain. Whoa. Um, <laughs> force your customers to pay you the same way. Okay. Um, it sucks because I understand it. But like we stopped letting people buy through PayPal and other options. And because of the same thing, it's like how do we track all these things? And it's just like... Um, I think you lose conversion on some levels, but then you also increase sanity on other, on other levels. Um, or have someone manually, someone pays you through Bitcoin, manually log into your, C, to your CRM and click funnels, like put in a transaction to, to track it. Um, but there's not like, at least I don't know, a super simple way to do that other than, um, you know, forcing people to, to conform. Um, which yep. which works. And then when they use the same platform, how do they? Uh, how do you keep track, or what? What do you use to? It's a really newbie question. I haven't really. I use this thing called ClickFunnels. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's all we use. Yeah. Like I. Right. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. I I tease about that, but it was funny because we had this conversation with somebody today. Like, yeah, but what do you send users in their emails? I'm like, ClickFunnels. Like, well, yeah, but what about your split testing software? I'm like. I literally used ClickFunnels for it. And it was just funny. It was like 30 things in a row. And but I think I should get an account. I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. Probably not. <laughs> I don't think I'll. Yeah, anyway. Hi, my name is Aimee. And um, first of all, thank you, all of you guys. This is just awesome. And I love this group. So I really, really appreciate it. Um, my question was on the soap opera sequences. And I love how you said the soap opera sequence is the point is to ascend them to a next level, which totally makes so much sense to me. Um, but... A, do you send Seinfeld uh, emails and soap opera sequences at the same time? Or if they're in a soap opera sequence, do you stop the Seinfeld? And then um, can you send them into a soap opera sequence right away 
you know, to send them right away, or mm -hmm. would you send them site and file ones first? Good question. I mean, the, the answer is you can do any of those things, and there's different philosophies, and I'm not sure what the best one is. Um, I have some friends who are very big that, like, if, if somebody moves from, from a broadcast list and they hit something like this, and you can do this really easy in Axonetics. Like, when they join this list, don't let them get these, they pull them off of this yeah. list, and the end of it, it's like, okay, now add them back to this list. I have some friends that are very specific. They, don't, they want to make sure that no one gets more than one email ever at a time, and so they pull them off and on the list based on that. So that's definitely one, one way you can do it. I have other friends who, are, who don't care as much. They're just like, they, I mean, I have nine emails a day, buddy, so he just like... <laughs> He'd probably send out more if he had more time in the day. Um, so it kind of is a personal preference. Um, you know, I, I honestly, I've, been, I've struggled for the last couple of years trying to figure out how to weave all these things together. This is like the evolution of like 15 years trying to figure out that question. Like, yeah. ah, like they're getting two messages. How do we do it? How do we not? And all those kind of things. And we're putting this whole thing together right now inside of what we're doing. But this is the first time where I legitimately feel like we could actually pull them off and on, off and on. Because before it was so weird. But here's like, if they're in this thing, like this is all they're getting, right? And then they can jump back up. Um, uh, and kind of moving through like that. So it kind of is a personal preference for you. Okay. Um, but like I said, structured this way is the first time in my personal business I've been able to see how could I actually pull them off and on, and it was through, it was, it was um, structuring it this way. Okay, awesome. Yeah. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Russell. Um, Hi. Quick question. If you were starting again, how much of that value ladder would you have at the beginning? Like how uh, many levels and what would they be? Great question. All right. Ah, thank you for asking that question. <laughs> I'm actually super grateful. Okay. The biggest fear I have when I ever talk about value ladders, everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything. And they stop and they try to build all these things. And 80 years later, um, <laughs> nothing's happened. So if it was me, if I was starting over from scratch right now today, the first thing I would do is this. I would do a webinar selling a thousand dollar thing. And I would just focus on that until I made a million dollars. And then from there, I had built up pressure and momentum and all these things were happening with those thousand dollar buyers. And then I would release my higher ticket thing to those, just those buyers because at that point, a year in or whatever it takes, they're going to be freaking out. And I'd release that and then boom, they'd go crazy. And then after that, then i start coming and releasing front end things in, on top of it. So that's definitely the way I would do it for sure if I was starting over. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. That was fun, guys. Thank you very much for that. You've been listening to one of our gold members only podcasts. Make sure you upgrade and become a diamond member and get access to the diamond members only podcast as well. On top of that, you also get access to the whole enchilada with all dance courses and so much more. So make sure you upgrade to diamond now by going to diamondupgrade.com.